I would have to say today, and we're going to talk about the Bible, the Word of God, and I have to share this with you. One of the main situations in life for sanity, for health, for blessing, is the ability to communicate. Many marriages are foiled, many marriages disintegrate. Many, mar many marriages are on the rocks and they shouldn't be. And it's simply because of the inability, the inability to communicate. Now communication is important. You got to talk things out. There are four steps to solving any problem. The first step is accepting the fact that you have a problem. That's the first step. The second step is then to discuss either side of the problem. The third step is why. In other words, why do the parties feel the way they feel? And the third step is, I mean the fourth step is, what can we do about it? But let me tell you the secret of this very easy four-step plan. They never pass the second step. People never pass the second step. They acknowledge they have a problem. They seek help. But when they start to confront each other, when they start to tell each other what's wrong, well, it usually ends up in a yelling match. It usually ends up where precisely uh, what got them in the trouble in the first place. The energies fly, the adrenaline flies, uh, the hyperness hits the ceiling, and they're never able to discuss why, because they're so busy killing each other with words. It can't be that way. It can't be that way. We must communicate. And that's why I have to tell you that our main communication center our main communication center with God is his good book. Did you know that the Bible is the heartbeat of God? Did you know that only someone like God could have planned in his eternity, in his omniscience, that we would have a book that would communicate him to us? A book that would tell us all about him. And a book that would not fail. You know, you've got some very good novels out there. You've got novels that have become motion pictures that are fantastic. You've got the whole series, the American series uh, of Huckleberry Finn and Tom Sawyer, which have become classics in the American life. You've got Shakespeare with his magnificence out of uh, uh, the, the kingdom countries, uh, England and all the rest. And as you travel down to South America and, and, and to so many other countries, geniuses rise up. Why? Because communication and communication through literature is one of the greatest gifts on the face of the earth. Show me a person that hates to read and I'll show you an ignoramus. Oh, Sister Amy, you called me an ignoramus. Yeah, I did. Because reading is the secret. 
What school can you go to and graduate from without reading? Let me know. Because the government will say, it, it doesn't make sense, it doesn't work. You've got to be able to communicate. And one of the greatest forces of communication is the literary force. There, I, as I hear people say that there's nothing sweeter than cuddling up to a good book. And it must be true because they sell and they sell and they sell and they sell. Now, matter of fact, there are people that are waiting from certain authors for their, just their next novel. It may be the biggest trash hanger in the world, but who cares? They want to read it because to them it says something. Well, let me tell you something. The Bible is God's book, and it's our main communication center. And what I like about this book, and you've got to understand it, is that it's a book of grace. And I love that thought. What do you mean by a book of grace? Well, it makes God's love known. Do you know that the only purpose of the Bible is to make God's love known? There's no other purpose of it. Because the history is precise and almost perfect as it pertains to Israel. But what about the rest of the world? But, but, but God never intended to make a history book. He intended to make a book and give us a book that would relate to his love. And he chose this nation to use them and through them to give us Messiah. So it, it, it's a book of grace and I like it. But there are a lot of gracious books out there. But I want to tell you something, the difference in a gracious book and a book full of grace. A gracious book is entertaining, it's lovely. It enhances uh, a lot in your life. But when it comes to a book inspired by the Holy Ghost, now that, then we're talking about grace that cometh from above. And the Holy Spirit is the author. The Holy Spirit is the, the total inspiration of this book. And I love it because they've said that the whole Bible is found in a nutshell in John 3.16. For God, the author, so loved a book of love, the world, that's us, that he gave it's a book that gives us his only son, the true savior. That all that believe in him, and there is the power to believe in him. All that believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Isn't that beautiful? So the Bible is not only a book of grace inspired by the Holy Ghost, but let me tell you something else. It's a book of light. It's a book of light. The Bible stands like, like, like the old lighthouses uh, near the reefs so the ships would not come in and be grounded. Matter of fact, something strange happened not so long ago. Matter of fact, last week or week after, the Queen Mary, number two, was grounded off the shores of Boston. Now, you know, I, either, either there was a yo-yo up there, you know, guiding it. I don't know. I don't want to judge him. But uh, those waters are so well, uh, you know, so well chartered. Uh, but uh, it seems he didn't have enough light. <laughs> Something happened. And he didn't make it. It's a book of light. And le let me tell you, uh, just the way God shows us what light is, 
And, and I love that because it, it's so beautiful. In Psalm 119, which is a psalm that relates almost totally uh, to the Bible, and in the 105th verse, listen to what it says so you can understand about this light. It says the following. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. And I've taken an oath and confirmed it that I will follow your righteousness and I will follow your righteous law. Isn't that marvelous? It's a light. It's a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. So the Bible is a book of light. It's a book of revelation. You always hear me up here kind of fighting with you a little bit, right? And my, my fight goes something like this. There are people who say, ah, the Bible, like any other book. Ah, the Bible. So, so men wrote it. Yeah, men did write it. The only difference, it was men inspired of the Holy Ghost. It was men inspired from above. It was men with light in their hearts and in their minds. It was men ready, ready to be used as instruments of God. Well, the word goes on and it says, it's a book that leads us. It leads to God. Okay, guess what? It leads to heaven. It leads to heaven. And it leads us in victory over sin. Right there in that same uh, psalm, in the 133rd verse, direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. And how can we have and how can we make and how can we be sure that sin doesn't rule over us? Well, very simple. Direct our footsteps according to your word. Let's go God's way. Hey, folks, have you ever been in a crossroads? Have you ever been in a tie? Have you ever been between the frying pan and the fire? There are moments like that. That if you go God's way, mm, oh my, what's going to happen to you? But if you kind of cover it up a little, if you kind of sneak through the bottom, if you kind of crawl over the top, if you kind of edge your way into a half-truth, half-lie, have you ever been in that situation? Oh my God, I've been in so many, I feel like a cripple. Oh yes, that's my greatest struggle. You know, like telling the kid, I'm going outside so when the phone rings, tell them I'm not inside. You say, well Amy, that's the truth, you're not inside. Yeah, but I made that truth. So truth that you make is not truth. And then remember that. We don't fabricate truth, truth is a flow. Uh, truth is what comes, truth is what is. But he says it so clearly, direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. And where, where, where's the brakes? Where's the stop? Uh, where's that which holds us? It's in the word. And I thank the Lord for that. Let me say something else to you. The Bible has a characteristic no other book has. Are you hearing me? Number one, it's everlasting. I don't even know what everlasting is, so don't ask me. I don't know what from infinite or infinity to infinity. I mean, I don't know that. I am human. I'm covered with flesh. Plenty of it. Okay? I, I, I don't know. Don't talk to me about ether. Don't talk to me about metaphysic. Don't talk to me about something that floats around in space. Not me. I've got my feet on the ground. I've got eyeballs. And they help me see. But I'm not so spiritual that I float around here. 
you know, and that you can feel, no, 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 no. And that's why when you hear of a book that's everlasting, it ain't gone with the wind. Believe me, it isn't. I can name a million of them. It's not that. I can name novels that have come and novels that have gone down through the ages. They're not everlasting. It's over. They're gone. It's finished. It's everlasting. Now, here's a word we might, a little bit better, not too much, eternal. And the only reason I understand eternal is because of Jesus. Came from eternity. Went back to eternity. He is the eternal God. And you know, what, you know what that simply means. And this is the easy word. So you and I take the easy word and let's run with it. Forever. Amen? The Bible is a book forever. Forever. You know what Jesus said about it? It, 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 it's, it won't be altered. It won't be changed. Not an iota. Not, not, listen, not a comma, not a dot on the I will change. His word will outlast all of us. The beautiful thing about the Bible, folks, it's that the author is God. I, I, I know the name Moses is in there, and I know the man named Joshua is in there, and I know the name of the disciples are in there. I know all those names. But when you come down to brass tacks, when you come down to hearing the word, when you come down to understanding the word, you have to come down to certain thoughts. And what's that? Simply what the word is. And I'm going to show you what the word is. In 2 Timothy 3.16, listen to what it says. And it says it so beautifully, so absolutely beautifully. It says the following. I'm sorry, 2 Timothy, yeah. 2 Timothy 3. And the 16th verse says, And how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture, oh, could I ever give emphasis on that. All scripture is God-breathed. God-breathed. And is useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I've got to share something with you now because this is important. And I want to set it home. The most important factor in your Christian life is your walk with God. We emphasize prayer time and we emphasize quiet time. But I've got to make an emphasis on the Word of God. Because it's the Word of God that confirms the importance of prayer. And it's the Word of God that teaches us how Jesus took time alone. And how Jesus had quiet times. And how that strengthened him in his human ministry down here on earth. So we have to keep in mind that we're talking about the author of the book of God. He's the author. Now let me tell you about the worth. And I think, I, I think you'll be overwhelmed. And I thank God. You know, sometimes I think of how David wrote the Psalms. You're going to forgive me because I'm going to be very irreligious now, okay? I think David, I'm sorry. I think David was a lot like us. I think David, have you ever had an inspiration and you write it down? And then you have a lot of papers on a desk. And along comes your sweet wife 
Or along comes your sweet husband and picks up all the garbage, including all your papers, and throws them away. Because how many papers can you pile up on a desk? How many papers can you have on a kitchen table? Okay, but they're your little inspirations. Sometimes I think that David, you say, well, Sister Amy, you're telling us that the book is made uh, by God, and it's God-inspired, and, and now you're giving us this thing of, uh, of being pieces of paper racked up on a table? Well, I, well I, I think. You see, the important thing to me is that God preserves it, not you and I. It's that God inspired it, not you and I. That God wants it done, not you and I. You see, folks, when you want done something for God, but then you decide you're going to help God, hey, I got news for you. You're in trouble. God doesn't need your help. He needs you to be the vessel. He needs you to be his instrument. He needs you to be the person there for him. That's all. But when we get a little more than that, we're in God's way. Because God does not need any of us to be Holy Ghost. He does not need any of us to be the Spirit of God. Does not. You're not the Spirit of God. I'm not the Spirit of God. You're not the Word of God. I'm not the Word of God. And this is important because so many things get to be synonymous to us. You know, it's easy to say the pastor said, but I'd like you to say the Word of God says. Because that's where the importance is. That's where the eternal is. That's where the great is. That's where the importance is. That's where it is. It's not nowhere else. It's not anywhere else. In Psalm 19, and listen to what it says. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statues of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord, once again the law, his word of the law are right, giving joy to the heart. The command of the Lord, the commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. And the ordinance of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold. They are much pure. They are more precious than gold than much pure gold, and they're sweeter than honey. Honey from the comb. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them, there is a great reward. Hallelujah! Oh, folks, listen to me carefully. And kind of, kind of spry up a little. Won't you do that for me? Get you, get you back on the chairs. That's it. Thank you. Thank you. Just a little exercise, okay? I see some of you falling over, and I'm getting worried <laughs> because I don't want anybody to pick you up off the street. Push back. Do me that favor. And always remember when you put your hand up here. You know what happens? Your head goes. My teacher used to tell me that in school. Listen to what the Word of God is saying to you this morning, because you'll never hear anything more important. Oh, we can get very dramatic and we can get very uh, uh, glorious in words. And, but the important thing is the truth. And what is the truth? That there is a communication center that God has set up for you and me. There is a communication center that cannot be broken down. There is a communication center in which the power is the power of God and the Holy Spirit. And listen, it's not like a Con Ed project down the block. It's not like Con Ed on 14th Street or on 15th street it's not that at all 
It's a power connected to heaven and no one can disconnect it. Not even the forces of hell or Satan. That's why we've got to stay in the communication center. And that communication center is the word of God. You know, when I was growing up in Christianity, it was the Baptist that would say the word, the word, the word, the word. And we, the Pentecostals, would say the spirit, the spirit, the spirit. Hoo hoo, whoa, whoa. But you know something? God in heaven says, it's the word that flows through the spirit that will make you strong. Because if you only have word, it will kill you. Because the word without spirit is a knife that kills people. And so be careful. Have you ever seen husband and wives use the word as ping pong? The Bible says you should respect me. Yes, but the Bible says you should love me like Jesus loves the church. And we can go on with that all night. Because there's either side. Oh, folks, let's, uh, let's ask God to let us know exactly how important his word is to us. Jesus said something to his disciples that can never be measured, that can never be translated in, in terms of what it means to us. And that's in the 20th chapter of the book of, uh, of John and the 30th verse. Listen to what he says. In the 20th chapter and the 30th verse he says, and Jesus, this is what John says, but listen to it. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are, re, which are not recorded in this book. Okay? But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is, is the Christ, the Son of God. And that by believing, you may have life in his name. In other words, Jesus did a lot of other things. I, I, you know, somehow or other, when we get to heaven, I think we're going to find out that Jesus played baseball. Whatever kind of baseball was in his day. I don't think he just walked around with 12 men. You know, and just said uh, glorious things as he said. I, I think there was moments of, of, of communication that had to do with the light part of life. I really do. You see, he was totally human. Do you walk around all day? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the... Do you do that? I mean, do you walk into your boss and say, uh, The Lord is my shepherd. Uh, I shall not... No, you don't. You don't just say, Oh, Sister Amy, what are you comparing us to Jesus? Well, he had our humanity. He had our humanity. Why do you think the kids followed him? Do you think kids follow sourpuss people? They don't. Can I tell you something? Kids are like magnets. They're attracted to power, to steal. And they loved him. Oh, everywhere he went, he had a crowd of kids. And the disciples said, get these kids out of our hair. And Jesus says, no, let them. Theirs is the kingdom of God. And every time they got big shot and haughty, Who's going to be number one? Who's going to be number two? Who's the big shot in the crowd? Come on, spill it out. I'm number one, says Peter. I'm number two, says John. Wow. And Jesus says, now wait a minute, sit down. Sit down. And he pulls a little child in the middle. And he says, if you were not like this child, you don't even know anything about me. And they would look at him and say, we don't fully understand. But you know something? I think when we get to heaven, we're going to see a... The life of Christ. First you can see your own life. We're all going to be looking at one movie. 
And yet the one movie you're going to be looking at is your life. Can you imagine what it takes to throw on a screen millions and millions of lives and everybody sees their own? Hey, come on. Give me a break. We're not talking about chips. We're talking about heaven. We're not talking about man-made things down here. We're not talking about the communication centers on earth. We're talking about the communication center in heaven. Where, where there isn't a word that we've wasted. There isn't a thought that we've had that isn't calculated. Listen, the more I know about heaven, I get scared out of my boots. And that's why I try and I ask God, help me walk carefully. And whenever I do something, boy, you should hear me. Lord, forgive me, Lord. I, I didn't mean that. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Get into the Bible and you'll be like me, paranoid. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because you find out that everything counts. Oh, we praise God for his goodness. Uh, brings life. And guess what? Jesus, through his word, lights the way. And Christ is the light of the world. I, I want to make just a, a little reflection for you here. And I want to see how it goes, and it'll take me just a minute or two. There is a parallel between the Bible and Jesus. Jesus is called the living word. In the beginning, what does it say? The word was with God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was with God in the beginning. And through Him all things were made, and without Him nothing was made that has been made. And in Him was life, and that life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Now that, that, that's heavy duty. That's heavy duty. You're talking eternity. You're talking God. You're talking intervention. You're talking communication on the heaviest level. On the heaviest level. Now Jesus is considered that, the living word. Now the Bible is considered the written word. Now I've got something to tell you that's going to blow your mind. There are no contradictions between the living word and the written word. And I'll tell you why. They came out of God. Do you understand what I mean? And what, 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 I, what I'm overwhelmed at is that God let us have a part of his communication center. Oh, with the help of the Holy Spirit. But still, there's a humanity like there was in Jesus. There's a humanity in the Bible. Did you know that the Bible has no heroes? Did you know that many families in the Bible were dysfunctional? This is a 20th century word. Yeah, read books on dysfunctional. You'll go you, you, like this. And I, I really mean it. I've got a book that I'm studying that I've come to the conclusion I'm dysfunctional, so I better sit down and take it easy. I mean, this is, this is, this is it. But isn't it, isn't it marvelous? Isn't it marvelous? He was human, wrapped in flesh, embodied. In our carcass. Oh, it's unbelievable. And then he gives us a book that's embodied in the mind and the thoughts of men. And they wrote it. And they wrote it with their flaws. And they wrote it with their insecurities. And they wrote it with their inabilities. Yet because the Holy Spirit was there, it becomes eternal. Folks, don't play around with the Bible. 
It's the greatest book on the face of the earth. The word of God, the living word is Jesus. The written word is the Bible. There are no contradictions. None whatsoever. None whatsoever. Remember that. I love what the Bible talks. When you talk about Jesus, you talk about the son of Abraham. You talk about the son of David. You talk about a man born in Bethlehem. You talk about a man raised in Nazareth. And you talk about a man that when he dies, they put a sign on his head that says, King of the Jews. Now, interesting. Don't you think that's interesting? I think so. Yet here we have a Bible. And the Bible is, like the living word, intensely Jewish. Isn't that something? The Bible is intensely Jewish. Matter of fact, can I tell you something? It's a Jewish book. It's got Jewish history. It's got Jewish tones and overtones. And even the New Testament, with the New Testament people, has the voice of Israel in it. Why? Because it's totally connected. Old and new. The old is a promise. The new is a fulfillment. And the bridge that bridges them is Calvary. A tremendous cross. And when you cross that cross, you unite your life with the very power and beauty of the Word of God. And then let me tell you something else about the Bible. The Bible is very simple. It doesn't seem like it is, but it is. The Bible is not. And now if you get the Living Bible, it's simpler yet. Some people call it heresy, but forget that. Okay. Because God has a purpose. And God's purpose is to reach man. And if man can't be reached with those and those and these and dum pum 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 you know, because we're not in King James English, we haven't lived that time. And if it was translated then, well, thank God for that. But today, you know what we live in? The bebop area. Now, the Bible isn't in bebop, but we've got to get as close as we can so those that are here can understand it. And you that are more illustrious and want something finer, no problems. No problems. Take your King James. Take your NIV. It's all right. It's all right. I studied King James for about uh, 30 years. So you know I'm not throwing it away. And when you think of old verses, that's the way they come out. And my, 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 my verses just come out old, old time verses. Let me talk about Jesus. He spoke in simplicity that all might understand. Do you realize there was no way, nobody that didn't understand Jesus? Are you hearing me, folks? No one didn't understand Jesus. They all understood him. Matter of fact, they were so thrilled at the fact that they understood him that when he got through speaking, they would say, never has man spoken like this. He speaks as one with authority, not like the scribes. Yet we understand him. Isn't that marvelous? Isn't that marvelous? And let me tell you, when it comes to the Bible, it's simple. Matter of fact, it's even accessible to illiterates and to children. I really mean that. Do you know that I have known three or four miracles in the Christian church of people that couldn't read, but they could read their Bibles? Isn't that, isn't that wild? Some Pentecostal old ladies, they couldn't read a newspaper to save them, but they could read the Word of God. And I used to say to myself, what is this, Lord? 
Well, I, I, I suppose if you want to learn hard enough and if you give yourself to God and to the meditation of the word, I don't know, I don't know how you start off. Do, do, boo, mm, mm, eh, mm. But somehow or other, when it was all over, she could read the word of God, several of them. Now, that, that's miraculous, okay? Yet, as simple as it is, remember, it requires, now this is, this is a simple book, but it requires the illumination of the Holy Spirit that these simple words be understood. That's why when a scholar goes into the Bible in cold blood, when a scholar goes into the Bible with no preparation and no thought of anything but to tear it apart, well, he can do anything he wants with it. Why? Because he's just dealing with letters. He's dealing with paper that has ink on it. But if you really want to know the Bible, you've got to go in it with the power of the Holy Spirit. You've got to go into it hungry. You've got to go into it wanting to receive. And if that's your spirit, it'll jump out at you. It'll bless you. It'll rebuke you. It'll love you. But that's the power of the Word of God. Do you believe me, folks? Okay. And listen to this. This is interesting. God told Moses, write it in a book. That's a long time ago. And guess what Jesus told John on Patmos? Write it in a book. And so what do we have? We got a book. We got a book. And that book is God's glorious, absolutely glorious communication center for us. I want you to go home determined to read your Bible. I want you to go home determined to say, listen, I don't care what I don't understand. Some people say to me, you listen, I get into the third and fourth book of the Pentateuch, and Huchimakola begat, Huchimakola, and Huchimakola begat, Huchimakola, and there comes a moment I just want to drop it. Well, look, just go through it quickly, 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 and remember this. Remember this. It's the greatest, most specific, most perfect and mathematical geology, I'm, I'm sorry, genealogy, that has ever been kept in the entire world. And the purpose of that is letting the world know that from Adam until Jesus, we have the fulfillment of God's messianic promise. So don't, don't be afraid of those names. Just know that God needed them there for the scholars because they would want them, and God gave it to them. You know, whatever you want, God will give you. Remember what I said? Watch out what you pray for, you're liable to get it. And sometimes there are things you pray for, and 10 years later you wish you hadn't prayed for them. But that's okay. God takes care of mistakes too. And he works his glorious way in our life. My precious people, what do I want from this service? I want you to go home and love your Bible. I want you to go home and realize that it's the Bible and it's the Bible and the Spirit that makes the combination that turns you into a victor. You cease to be a loser when you're into the Word. You cease to be a loser when you do things God's way. If you twist, if you turn, if you connive, if you manipulate, if you want to get this done that way and that done the other way, and you've got some good ideas, no, 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 listen. You know what the Bible says? God opens doors that no man can shut. And God shuts doors that no man can open, no matter what he does. So I'm going to go God's way. You get too old and too tired to fight it. Just pray. Love him. 
and he'll open, he'll, he'll put out the red carpet. And do you believe it's a beautiful red carpet? Say amen. Are you going to go home and read your Bible? If you don't have one, buy one as you go out. Matter of fact, bring some living Bibles down from upstairs and make sure there's enough there. Just get a hold of the Word of God. Decide you're going to read it from top to bottom. What do I do? I take a proverb a day. I love it. It's my morning pill. When I'm through with the proverb of the day, I then take a, a gospel because I'm always going through the gospels. I'm in Luke now. I'm in the 17th chapter of Luke. And I stay the whole day in that chapter. I read it once just to know what it says. I read it twice to see if there's something I didn't see. I read it three times because it's so important to me. I read it four times and by the fourth time the whole chapter is dancing in front of me. And I mean that. Do it. Do it. Do it. Get God's word into your innermost. And I'm going to tell you a secret and don't get mad at me. Everything in the New Testament is found in the Old Testament. So don't be afraid of the Old Testament. Because that's where all the good news comes from. Say amen. Amen. We're closing this service at this time, hoping and praying that God gives you a hunger for his word, that God sets in your heart that you're going to be in touch with the communication center. I'm going to tell you something crazy. Keep a Bible wherever you sit for a while. Bathroom, keep a Bible there. Your bedroom, keep a Bible there. Living room, keep. I have a Bible wherever I can reach for one. You say, Sister Amy, you're nuts. Yeah, I am nuts. I am nuts. That's, that's why I'm pastoring. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it's the only thing. It's the only thing. What kind of charisma do you need to deal with people? What kind of sparkling personality do you need to hold their attention? What kind of dynamics? Do you need to make it work? Oh no, come on. I'm tired of that. That's big business. That's Wall Street. That's Hollywood. That's cut. Seen one. No, no. No, no. <laughs> Too tired. I tell my husband, don't bother me, Joe. The only thing I can do now is pray and preach. Other than that, everything else is unimportant. But folks, I've got to tell you something. There's life in the word. There's direction in the word. It tells you what to do, and even though you don't want to do it, just keep rereading, and it'll become easier to do. Say amen. amen. All right, now for a young lady that's leaving us, and she's going to Bible school, and she's getting her full of the word, but I didn't want to miss this opportunity. And she's not prepared for it because I didn't tell her, because when you tell people they're gonna, you're going to do something, they get all nervous, and they get all shook up, and they want to become uh, what they're not. So I, I want Mary Jane in all her sweetness to just come up and share with us. Mary Jane, I'll give you five minutes. If you take more, you'll see the congregation leaving. <laughs> come on up. We've had this young lady with us since May. In-house VBS. I keep saying out-house VBS. I shouldn't say that. In-house VBS, camp VBS. And she's been such a blessing. And I, I just, I, I just, we in the office, we just love to have her around. Because she's the type of person that you can say, say a word, uh, you know, during prayer or doing anything. And at the same time, you can say, hey, the floors need vacuuming. And you see, that's, that, that's a sign. That's a sign. There are people that love to use this pulpit. But don't ask them to clean 
a few pots around here. But a servant of God runs the full gamut. This lady runs the full gamut. God bless you, darling.